Kevin Stuckey, and uh, this is Pursuit of Purpose. Uh, we got some really great guests today, Cody. How are you, sir? I am doing well, and today we are going to be brought to you by Germany. Hello. <laughs> Germany's bringing us? Yeah. Are they paying for this, too? Uh, no, they're, they're not paying today. <laughs> they paid us. No, I'll leave that alone. <laughs> we may have to cut already. Five five <laughs> seconds in, and we're going to cut. No, uh, we we are uh, super pumped. We we talked about this two weeks ago, um, having uh, some guests on, uh, some local superintendents, and uh, and and we were able to get that done. We have uh, Eric McGee and uh, Quincy Gray. How are you guys? Doing great. Appreciate you uh, having us. Uh, it's a good forum to have some conversation. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm doing well, and I appreciate this opportunity. It'll be a lot of fun, I think. Yes. Well, we are. We're excited. You guys are here. Um, we we're gonna. We've got several questions to ask, uh, things to get in into today, and and we'll just kind of take that as our uh, kind of our outline how we'll how we'll go through this. Um, We'll start maybe with some more personal stuff, get into some of the school things, and and end maybe talking about um, a leader in the Bible that I think uh, that I think would be a good maybe just encouragement um, for us uh, as we get into this uh, when we talk about Daniel. Um, let me uh, let me start this way. We we kind of know Eric. Uh, Eric's been uh, going to church here at the Leesburg Church of Christ for how many years? Oh, that's a good question. Probably 10-ish here recently. 10 years. I, I, I grew up here, so when I was a, a young young lad, I was here. Yeah. Um, your dad was an elder. Yes, sir. Your brother is now a preach. Well, both your brothers Yep. yep uh, preach. They're both out in the state of Delaware yes. um, as ministers. Yes. Uh, I saw their uh, Mother's Day videos on Facebook. Yeah, they didn't tell you that I am actually the favorite of uh, my my mother. So well, clearly, I mean, yeah, yeah. with those two knuckleheads, there's no way. Yeah. <laughs> there was a low bar set right there, <laughs> and I hurtled over it. So, and you're a you're an elder at the Leesburg Church of Christ, man. Yep, here with us, and yep. so. Uh, Let's talk about Kevin's leadership as a minister then. No. Oh, I've got I've got some notes. We can get to that. This is spinning out of control already. Um, and Quincy, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, family, sure. uh, where you grew up, some of those things. Well, I am a Greenfield native. I've always lived in Greenfield. And I'm married, someone I graduated from high school with. So my husband, Heath, is a science and engineering teacher at the middle school level at Unioda. And I have a 17-year-old daughter who is a senior this year, and then I have a 7-year-old son. So the whole graduation thing is personal for you, exactly. too. Exactly. It's personal and professional, both, yeah. definitely. Yeah, that's tough. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, yeah, that makes it, I think, for you probably, um, it's not just you know just a decision that you have to make, but much more. Mm-hmm. Uh, serious because I mean it's it's your family it's <laughs> very personal right absolutely and I think that I've tried to use that in the decisions that I've made not just for that situation but also just being a parent in general and thinking about what parents are going through right now yeah how has life changed Eric since uh, COVID-19 for the McGee family um not a whole lot has changed. Um, Tanya, my wife, goes to work every day. She works over at Highland District Hospital, so that hasn't changed. I go to work every day, so that hasn't changed. Um, you know, evenings are a little bit freer, not going to a basketball game or a baseball game, those types of things. Um, do have my oldest daughter back from college, uh, so she um, is not liking – uh, the uh, whole moving back in with mom and dad. She enjoyed the independence that, that she uh, learned as a freshman in college, uh, but she's doing well. Finished up last week with her exams. Um, Dean's list doing a great job. Um, 
when I left the house, both daughters were alive, but they're starting to get on one another's nerves. <laughs> I was going to so ask. I'm not sure uh, when I get home what'll what'll be there, but uh, no, they're both doing well. Um, Good. But uh, staying busy. Good. I uh, when I moved back after college and with mom and dad, I lasted six months. I was preaching at the time. I was a minister here at the time, and for after about maybe six months. I was, I was at an elders meeting and I came home and, uh, it was late, late. And dad's like, where were you at? (laughs) (laughs) At an elders meeting. This isn't going to (laughs) work. I moved out like a month later. (laughs) What about you, Quincy? What's life at at home? How is it different now from before? It has been a lot different. Um, you know, no evening events like what I'm used to. My husband who teaches and coaches is very active. And so this has really honestly been difficult for him to be out of those active roles. And um, the good thing is it's been good for our kids. You know, the two of them have become closer. I tell people all the time that they have been in the woods on our property more in the past couple months than they have the whole time we've lived there. That's awesome. So a lot of outside time and closeness, which will be good with Mm -hmm. her hopefully still going away to college and not traveling remotely or doing anything distance learning wise. But you know, it's, that's the positive. And I've tried to look for positives out of all of this. And so that's, that's been good for us. I know we've talked about if, if there is one good, one strong positive that, that we've sensed just as we've had some of the conversations we've had over the last several weeks with this podcast, it is just the closeness that's been created with our Mm -hmm. families that just wasn't there. I mean, just we're running here, we're running there and you're forced to be home together, you know, and that's challenging. I mean, in some ways you're relearning some of those relationships Mm -hmm. like with your spouse when you have to spend extra time with them or, or with your kids. And I was, Paul went with me all day yesterday on the farm and I got home and he was, it was just, it was 11 o'clock at night and he was still like, go, go, go. He's four years old. And I said, Emma, take him. I'm done. I gotta (laughs) gotta get away. (laughs) But it, but this, I mean, Cody, we, we've talked about that. It, there's definitely, it's definitely there and it's definitely been in some ways a blessing, you know, just Mm -hmm. to step back and, and recenter on the things that are most important. Kind of reminds me of my childhood when I was at my great grandma's house and we would sit on the front porch all day and just sit there and eat dinner. And, you know, time was slow back then. Yeah. And, I, and when I say back then, I'm only 32, but back then when I was six, seven, eight years old, mm-hmm. it, it, time, it moved a lot slower than it does now. That is for sure. Quincy, for you, this is your rookie season. Yes, it is. <laughs> And you had a pandemic in the middle of your rookie season. That's like that's like getting drafted and there being like, you know, a um um a holdout or a um strike, like a player strike. How has that been? I mean, as if it wasn't challenging enough kind of moving into this role and then to face all of this. What has that been like? Well, it's interesting because it, it has been a challenging year just all together. It is your first year, I mean, no matter what, and really any job. But um, honestly, I, I have a pretty good sense of humor. So I just kind of laugh and move on. And I mean, what are you going to do? You know, I mean, <laughs> there's nothing you can do to change it. Right. And I really have a good team in the district. So there's just been a lot of collaboration and and that's probably another positive out of it is that we've had to learn how to work through things that are challenging together. And, and so I guess that and taking it one day at a time, that's really all you can do. And, and I look at it as, yeah, I'm a rookie, but nobody else has been through this. I mean, Eric's never done it before. I can't mess it up too bad because nobody's done it. I would say that as a superintendent, every year is a rookie year. (laughs) (laughs) This is my seventh, and everyone has been completely different. So, uh, yeah, you you always have to to adjust and and be flexible and learn new things as you go. And you never, ever say it could be worse. Never. Like, Mm -hmm. you just don't say it. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> so right. I wasn't just saying it. I was saying not to say it. So please, <laughs> universe, I wasn't saying it. <laughs> so. You sound like us in the police world. Like we don't, if we speak things, they come into existence. So oh, like we yeah. just don't speak Absolutely. of those kind of things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't say it because it'll happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now for you, Eric, uh, you guys are right in the midst of a building project and some things like that. And this comes down... Uh, on top of that, how has that affected, you know, just everything, you know, from that standpoint? Uh, I would say at this point, just the uncertainty of it. Um, you know, the state uh, has cut some funds for, for schools across Ohio at this point. So we aren't real sure what that's going to look like uh, moving into next year. And as, as far as the state funds for our building project specifically, uh, we know we're, we're kind of going to be put on hold to wow. some degree. Um, they've given us, uh, permission to go ahead and, and finish through the design phase. So we're uh, still working and, uh, having meetings and, and, uh, um, uh, working with our architecture firm and putting a design in place. So it's our hope that as soon as, you know, we kind of come out the other side of this, that we can, uh, put a shovel in the ground and, and get it, get it moving. Um, you know, we've been kind of, uh, told that uh, once we do come out come out of this, the governor's going to want to uh, have some projects to to get that economy going, and you know, big construction projects would hit a lot of areas. So, so we're hopeful that that we are able to uh, move forward without too much of a delay. Um, the current middle school that, that we're replacing, uh, the original portion of that was built in 1905, wow. so so it's seen its better days. Hmm. Um, um, so a lot of good things, a lot of benefits for the district if we can move forward as quickly as possible with. Yeah. What was the what was the scheduled date for starting? Uh, next spring is is still our hope, but that was the original schedule. Um, so you know, some uncertainty at this point with we don't really know what's going to happen. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think everybody would hope that but that by then. And we're kind of coming out of the other side of this, and, and the economy is starting to pick up. Um, Absolutely. And we're able to move forward without missing a beat is my hope at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I In one of the previous podcasts, we talked about, we referenced a, a story that we'd listened to that week about um, a family who, from the recession back in, what was it, 08, um, people were still dealing with uh, the consequences of of that and so you hope for a quick turnaround but man the reality is that there is so much that's going to look so different you know when we come on the other side of this now clinton county and and highland county both were hit pretty hard back in 08 with um the dhl leaving wilmington yeah uh, and all the workers that, that were over there so um, you know, I think there were some people that, that uh, still are, were feeling that impact uh, or you know, just kind of coming out of that. Um, so this is kind of um, double jeopardy, I guess. And, yeah. and uh, um, I, I think the impact of this will um, be felt for quite a while with, yeah. with all of our families. Yeah, absolutely. I want to uh, shift gears a little bit here. Um and I, and I just want to talk about leadership a little bit with you guys. Uh, and, and first and foremost, I mean, in, in some respects, doing the job that you do, um, there are absolutely positives, um, but there are a lot of things that are, are very difficult to deal with. I mean, I, I know this. From a leadership standpoint, if there weren't any people, then it would be great. But when you introduce people into the mix, <laughs> it makes it very challenging. Um, so what if you had to answer this question, what would you say are the qualities of a good leader? I I talked with Quincy, so I'll make you go first on this one. All right, gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think regardless if you're talking education or um, anywhere else for that matter, I, you know, a leader is going to be somebody that has a, a vision, has a direction that, that they know what they want to go into. Um, and then ultimately has the ability to, um, 
convey that vision and, and get people on board and, and provide that motivation. Um, so, uh, um, you know, I think vision is one of those things that a lot of people lack today, whether it's just uh, with our own personal lives uh, and uh, the outlook that we have for that or in business. And, and I certainly believe that for education as well, that, yeah. that vision is lacking. Um, so, uh, you know, a lot of things go into leadership and being a leader. Um, I think that a leader is, has to be able to, to take all of the inputs um, that sometimes certainly pull into different directions and harness those into the direction of what that vision is. Yeah, good. Quincy? Well, I would agree with all of that. I, I definitely think vision is important. Uh, I think you have to be a team player and you have to listen. Uh, you know, I've always said I've never done every job in the school district. And so, for example, if I'm going to make a decision that involves bus drivers, which I would never be one, by the way, because they are exceptional. I can't imagine doing what they do. But <laughs> if I had to make a decision that involved bus drivers, for example, I would get input from them. You know, in the end, as the leader, you're the one that makes the final decision. But if you make that decision without seeking input and understanding what it's like to be in the trenches, then you have failed your people, basically, is, is how I feel. And I feel like as a leader, if you ever forget what it's like to be in the trenches every day, then it's time to move on. Yeah. What, what about this? Um, when it came to getting to the place where you are now as a superintendent and as a school at a school, uh, what, what brought you to this point? Was this something that, that you, you, like this was, you know, back in high school, college, whatever you said, this is what I want to do. This is where I want to be. Or like what led to this, um, for you and, and why really, you know, would be, would be the next question. And I'll start with you this time, Quincy. Of course you will. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you would start with Eric. With, I agree with whatever she said. <laughs> so it's kind of funny that you say that about high school and because I still have moments that I'm on campus and I think I can't believe I'm here right now doing this uh, because I went to high school there and, and I had it this weekend during graduation. I you know, was standing there with someone I graduated with. And then we were watching his daughter and I thought, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm here right now. Um, but I guess for me, you know, as a leader, I, I really thrive on seeing my team succeed. And it's interesting because I am extremely competitive. Years ago, I did the teach with your strengths from Gallup and competition is my number one strength. And I've learned over the years, though, it's not about individual competition. It's about your team. And so I'll do anything to highlight people on my team and what they're doing. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I did that as a principal for many years. And just for me, it was really just the next natural step. The opportunity was there. And and I felt like I could offer something. So, oh, <laughs> I, you know, so that's really what got me to the position, I guess. Good. Yeah. The challenge and the challenge mm -hmm. of teamwork and creating, you know, a good, healthy team. Yeah. You know, oh, great. absolutely. Yeah. Team is very important to me. Yeah. Eric? Uh, no, I would say high school, I had no clue that this is where I would end up. Um, I don't, I, I would say I, I'm one of those kids that uh, as they left high school, really didn't know what the opportunities were for me out there. And, and, uh, um, uh, my mother-in-law was a teacher and, and, uh, I like some of the uh, influence that she had and uh, uh, some of the benefits that you see as that youngster, you know, the, the assumption that teachers get uh, summer off, those types of things, I'm sure <laughs> led me into education to some degree. Uh, and, and the coaching aspect, I uh, enjoyed uh, athletics and, and thought coaching would be a, a good way to go. Uh, when I got into education, you know, part of it, I think, was um, just getting better, you know, taking some classes, learning, having a better uh, broader perspective uh, of education and uh, its role in, in, in lives. Um, and, and I would say, uh, kind of to, to push me to this level, um, you know, I think I saw a need for um, some improvement, um, a need for uh, some leadership that, that was lacking, you know, not necessarily at one school or another, but just in general, 
uh, in education, and uh, I felt that um, um, the influence that, that I could have on a district, on a system, and, and potentially even broader than that, um, is something that, that uh, um, I wanted to strive for and uh, you know, make a positive difference uh, in individual students' lives and, and then the broader uh, system to, to where it's not just me making that one difference for one kid, but it's me making a dif- difference for a system that makes a difference for all of the kids. Right. Um, so I, I would say that that drive to get better and um, that that uh, desire to influence uh, at a broad scale. Good. Um, you know, one of the things that that I know is absolutely true. Cody, you can attest to this. You guys never cancel for snow days on the right day. You never get that right. <laughs> you know that, right? I got to see what's on TV. If I can stay home and watch TV that day, I'm going <laughs> I always wondered what, what it was based on. But no, it seems like, seriously, it seems like that you can never make people happy. Either no. either you you didn't cancel and so oh they didn't cancel. You know, or you did and oh why did they and it's usually the same person. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Me. No, I mean <laughs> So, you know, with that, I mean, you guys were in the school system already. You guys were working. You saw kind of how people viewed that. And so going into that you know, what was that like? You know, just knowing like this is I'm I'm going to now move into this role where I'm not going to have a lot of friends like, you know, I mean, there will be people close to me that will understand and see behind the scenes. But by and large, I mean, you know, it's if you do something right, they, they'll they'll praise you for it. But, you know, you do something wrong and they're going to they're not going to let you live that one down. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that will be brought up and be brought up and be brought up over and over and over mm-hmm. again. How do you how do you deal with the challenges of that and just that aspect of of making those decisions that a lot of people just aren't going to like? Mm-hmm. I, you get to start with this one, Eric. All right, okay. all right, buddy, old pal, old buddy, old pal. <laughs> um, no, I think not always an easy decision, but I think it's an easier answer to answer your question here. Um, first thing I do is stay off Facebook. Um, <laughs> Uh, but we're asking our viewers, our to listeners, go on Facebook. to not take that advice. <laughs> go on and listen to the podcast. If you have to, listen to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. And then for stay that off plug. Facebook. No. Uh, no, seriously, Facebook certainly is, is a place that, that people can um, pretty easily vent frustrations. And, and not to say that that's wrong, um, but I, I, I feel that I can't allow... Um, those frustrations or, or the opposite, you know, any of the, the praises for a decision that somebody agrees with, I can't allow those things to affect my judgment in those decisions. Uh, you know, when I get out on the roads, uh, at four o'clock on those snowy mornings, uh, I have to decide, um, what's in the best interest of our students. You know, I can't base it all upon, you know, this parent said this last time, so they're going to say it. You know, that just cannot enter my mind. Uh, so, um, you know, I uh, certainly listen to those. You know, I'll get emails and phone calls and, and those types of things, um, but just have to learn to, uh, you know, not let it affect that judgment. Um, sometimes it may not appear that way. Um, you know, if there is some snow on the road and, and we'd still go to school. Uh, you know, part of that is, again, what's best for the student. Um, and at some point, education is needed. Uh, you know, uh, there's a, a lot of uh, um, poverty out in our uh, region of the state. And you know, the way out of that is education. Yeah. And uh, getting our kids to school, um, certainly as, as uh, safety is our number one priority. Um, but uh, getting our kids an education is what's going to um, provide for the rest of their lives. So um, uh, safety is certainly important, um, but I do try to avoid uh, criticism uh, or, or uh, 
accolades that may come along with it. Either one can can be bad. Absolutely. Quincy? Yeah, I think it just comes down to putting kids first. And in reality, you have to make the safest decision that you possibly can. But, you know, there's always going to be someone who disagrees with you no matter what you do. And I guess I don't, you know, I don't really shy away from those questions sometimes to, you know, I'll, I'll answer, but you know, I, in the end, you know, sometimes people just want to be heard, you Mm -hmm. know, and if they are complaining or questioning, it's, they just want you to listen. And so, um, you know, sometimes that's the answer, but I kind of agree with the social media part. (laughs) Um, and, and I, I guess I always look at it too, is perception is reality. I learned that a long time ago from one of my mentors and you have to keep that in mind that sometimes the way people function, what they say, how they question you, what they complain about is it's their reality and maybe they don't see past that. And so you sometimes have to offer that other perspective. You know, for example, one thing that I have said before to people in, in those decisions is, you know, we have a large district, you know, it may look one way in your area and it may look completely different somewhere else. Right. Mm-hmm. One of the other things people don't consider sometimes is we have student drivers. It's just not parents yeah. out driving their kids. It's students who have to drive themselves to school. Um, so I don't know. I, I think in the end, if you can stand by what you do and say, I made the best decision for kids, that's just what you have to do. Absolutely. Good. Um, we, we mentioned, I was like, we mentioned this, um, was it last week or the week before about social media? And it's, have you guys ever seen a problem resolved from Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> like somebody having a problem with the school, have you ever seen it resolved from Facebook? No, <laughs> I mean, it's just not a way to resolve problems. It's, it's certainly a platform for, you know, sharing your opinions and, um, but you know, as, as a representative of the school district, it's not a place to get into a conversation of course. And, sure. you know, there are many confidential things you can't share. And sometimes that's difficult for people to understand. And, but I, I have at times reached out to people when I thought maybe they just didn't understand mm-hmm. something or they didn't have information that I could share. Um, and, and sometimes that makes a difference, you know, again, if it's their perception, that's what they believe. So, well, I get to jump right back to you, Quincy here. What, what would you say is one of the greatest challenges that you've faced in leadership? Um, and, and how did you get through that, resolve that, come to a, you know, a, a, a good Maybe it may, maybe it wasn't good. Maybe it wasn't a good conclusion to it. But um, what came of that, and how, and how did you grow from that? Well, I hate. <clears throat> I guess I I would hate to repeat that thing about perception, but um, just dealing with a few different situations this year, and of course being new and coming in, you know, you inherit many things, good and bad, and. A lot of times when you have expectations that are different than what were there before, it's challenging sometimes for people to understand why all of a sudden you would expect this. And so I guess how I meet that challenge is just sharing the why behind what we're doing. You know, I'm a firm believer in if you're going to do something, there has to be a reason why. And so that's what I've used this year. You know, for example, if we're going to use this particular evaluation tool, this is why we're doing it, you know? Um, and I think once people hear that, it, it helps. But I think for me, challenge sometimes is just coming into a new role and taking over from someone else who has been there in the position longer. Yeah. People coming in, expecting it to be done a certain way. Um, or, you know, expecting changes in other places and you don't always meet those ex- expectations for right. them. Right, absolutely. And, you know, change doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. You know, I tell people, you know, I have, you know, this list of things I would like to keep working on that's for next year, the next year. You know, it just, it can't happen immediately. <laughs> and and sometimes that's really okay. You know, sometimes for people, change is, it's a long process. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. It's... It is saying, hey, listen, we're going to be in this for the long haul. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll, this will change, but it will take time. Right. right. Eric, what about you, Bob? Uh, I would uh, kind of echo, echo those sentiments um, and just kind of tie into that. Um, 
dealing with ego. Um, I think society now kind of teaches us, whether it's social media or uh, otherwise, um, everybody seems to want to find who's to blame. Um, you know, that somebody made that decision, that it's somebody's fault, uh, this happened, it's somebody's fault. Um, you know, we have to know who, you know, whose fault is it? Um, and uh, in leadership, um, and just trying to work through that, trying to um, uh, foster the idea of uh, it doesn't matter whose fault it is, let's get better, let's learn, mm-hmm. let, let's see where, you know, the why of it, why are we here, you know, not, not the who of it, you know, who made us get here, <laughs> it's why are we here, and, and what do we need to do to, to get better. Um, you know, so uh, just working through that, and, and you know, that, that, that change, again, is very slow. Um, but, uh, you know, always pushing for uh, that next step. How can we get better? How can we improve uh, in, in every aspect? Um, and uh, working through step by step uh, as slowly sometimes as, as it may be. And, and sometimes those are steps backward. But uh, if uh, I could wave that magic wand and, and just eliminate the need to blame somebody, those steps would be forward a, a whole lot more often. Yeah. Well, let me shoot one right back to you. Um when it comes to like making decisions, what's your process? Like, what is the process that you go through, uh, you know, as, as a leader, as a superintendent, you know, for your school, for your district, you know, I mean, you, you've had to go through that process a lot lately, both yeah. of you. So what, is, what does that look like? Yeah, I know uh, Quincy mentioned it and I would say as well, I've got a great administrative team around me uh, and I trust them completely. And uh, as we've gone through this situation and, and, and many others uh, sitting down and, and having a conversation as a team um, and working um, to make those improvements uh, has been a big part of that process. Um, trying to get as many as the, of those inputs as possible. You know, is that a teacher voice? Is that the bus driver voice? Is that a student? Is that a parent? Um, you know, trying to understand perspectives um, and, and understanding that everybody brings a different perspective uh, to the table. Um, and so having those conversations, um, communicating uh, uh, those different perspectives out, I think is important. Um, you know, so if you come to me and say, this is what it should be because, you know, I, I understand that perspective. Um, and then especially after a decision has been made, um, communicating back to you, you know, maybe why I didn't support what you provided, you know, here's why we made that decision, um, you know, to, to provide that rationale and that perspective, um, you know, having conversations, um, with, uh, um, colleagues, uh, talking to other superintendents sometimes is, is part of that. And, and, you know, going through this, this situation where, uh, we have a little direction from the state and, and sometimes that seems like it changes, <laughs> uh, Hey, picking up the phone and, and, and calling a colleague and, um, just talking through those situations sometimes is, is pretty beneficial. Right. Um, and, and I, you know, I, uh, lean on on my family as well to have those conversations. Sometimes it's just uh, to relieve stress for myself or to to hear myself say it uh, and think through it. And, and um, you know, I've probably mowed the yard about fourteen times more than I needed to this, this spring already. <laughs> um, that that uh, solitude on the lawnmower is good for me as well to process. Um, but but getting those inputs from people, trusting uh, the people that I work with um, in those decisions. Um, and, uh, you know, certainly, um, as those decisions are there and probably not as, as often as, as I should, but, but in those big decisions, uh, you know, I, I'm, I don't hesitate to say that I go to God and, uh, um, pray about it. Yeah. Quincy. One of the best pieces of advice that I received before becoming a superintendent was to, Keep in mind that being a superintendent is different than a principal. As a principal, you have to make snap decisions pretty frequently. And as a superintendent, you really need to slow down your decision process and take all of that input and look at every aspect of it before you make a decision. So that was really valuable advice for me. Now in saying that, I've had to make a lot of quick decisions here in the past (laughs) eight weeks. So I called on that principal experience um, again. But yeah, I mean, I I would agree with everything Eric said. You know, it's, again, it comes down to a team and 
and looking at all of the pieces involved. I mean, ultimately, again, in the end, it's kids first. And, you know, especially when you have to make decisions about staffing and things like that. I think if you can bring it back around to that, then at the end of the day, you can feel good about the decision that you've made. What about, I mean, you both kind of alluded to this and and just to kind of keep that flow of questioning going. I know for myself at different phases of, of, of my life, you know, there were different men or women who, um, who came into my life who were very influential for me. Who was that one person that you say, this person's really been, you get to go first Quincy. So oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> who is, oh, who no, is that, man. that yeah. one person you'd say has been extremely influential, a mentor, you know, someone that, that you just, you know, you wanted to model your life after them. And for what reasons? I really only have to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Katie? Uh, let's Come on, man. Three. three? Yeah. Oh, that's Minimum. awesome. Oh, okay. he is. Dude, you're being too generous. Er- Eric gets one, but she gets three. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Better say your wife. <laughs> that person knows who they are. I'll just say that. <laughs> Well, okay. So honestly, I I probably have to kind of keep it career focused if I'm thinking about it. And um, thanks to Kevin, I did have some questions in advance. So I kind of did think about it. That's why I wanted more than one because I did (laughs) think about that. So um, am I supposed to name names? Can I name names? You can. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I should name names. Uh, So as an elementary teacher, I was fortunate enough to work for a great elementary principal, Julie Reisinger. And, um, so I see a lot of how I handle certain situations that I see her in what I do. And then from that position, I went on to work for Dan Roberts, superintendent at Miami Trace, longtime superintendent at Miami Trace and, um, Joe Black, who was the assistant superintendent and the two of them together. It was a really good experience for me to see because they are very opposite, but together they built this great leadership team in the district and, and made a huge difference. So, um, you know, I, I guess I think a lot about the three of them. Um, I also was fortunate to have two years in Chillicothe under John Saxton, had a great experience there. Wouldn't trade that for anything in the world. It really shaped a lot of who I am today. Um, so that's, I guess what I would say. So most of mine are, I guess, are work focused. Good. No. And that's great. Except for she said four, I did. I'm sorry. Well, I was only going. I was only going to give you about two because I'm actually a Hillsburg graduate and you know, the Hillsburg <laughs> Greenfield thing. <laughs> <laughs> she took Thank four. Thank you. <laughs> and there are many more, but I mean, those those are the ones career wise that certainly stand out to me. <laughs> no, I. That is such a huge part of growing in leadership. Is, are those people that, you know, that that you've had in your life that have shaped who you mm-hmm. are and. You know, I look at a lot of those those men and women and and think to myself like, if I if I called them right now, like I could still trust them to, you know, just speak into my mm-hmm. life in in a really significant way. So sure, just can I tell a funny story? I when I was prepping for this job and you know getting ready to apply for it, I really wanted to get input from people you know who I had to had those experiences with, and so I contacted Dan and said, Hey, would you meet with me? And he's like, Oh, absolutely. And, and so we met at Tim Hortons in Washington courthouse and typical Dan style. He had pages of notes ready for me when I got there. And, um, so that was just very validating to me that I went to him and definitely got good information. He's actually, he's speaking to my aspiring leaders cohort tomorrow by zoom. Wow. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. Eric. Well, if I think of uh, the word mentor, I really only think of two people in my life uh, specifically, uh, and that'd be my parents, my my mother and father. Um, and they uh, certainly, you know, as a child, but but all the way through um, my entire life, they have uh, been uh, they have filled that role for me. Um, uh, so uh, I'm certainly blessed for my parents. Um, I've had. Certainly, lots of other people that, that I've learned from and, and grow from and lean on. Um, you know, I've had predecessors that, that I've, I've talked to and, and 
uh, learned from from their styles and you know taking some good taking some bad and turn that out that type of thing mm-hmm. um, I've had uh, colleagues you know whether it's now as as uh, fellow superintendents or uh, you know probably some of the most impactful uh, people in my educational career were um, my sixth grade team of teachers that I taught with uh, for years over at Lynchburg. Um, they were very impactful to me. Uh, and then uh, friends, um, you know, uh, Pat Hagen is one that, that I lean on often. Um, uh, so uh, yeah, mentors, mom and dad, and then uh, lots of other professional relationships that, that uh, uh, have benefited me uh, throughout my life and career. And it really does, I mean, you both can attest to this, I'm sure. It really does take a lot of different people pouring into you that you can bounce things off of. That I called my wife today and I said, babe, I'm really upset. I just need you to listen. And I just had to tell her, you know, yep. you know, I was this thing that I needed to talk and get off just so, she, so that I could get it off my chest. And there are so many people that, you know, just can be such a blessing to us in, in those different ways and that shape the people that we are and shape the decisions we make and, you know, really, you know, can help us to keep fighting this battle, you know, yeah, moving yeah. forward. Yeah. And yeah, I don't want to overlook, uh, when I get home this evening, my wife does the same, but even my, my daughters, you know, I, um, have through this graduation piece of things have gone to my daughter that graduated last year and say, how would you feel if this, or what do you think about that? So getting their input and, and, and they are rocks in my life. Well, let's go right into that graduation. Can we not? (laughs) (laughs) We ask the tough questions. You're on the hot seat. Eric, you get to go first. All right. <laughs> All right. This has been uh, a pretty tough subject for a lot of people because it's so personal uh, for these parents who, and, and I think not that the students aren't struggling with this, but you know, I I've seen at least sensed that it's the parents really struggling as much or more than the students, you know, in regard to this, like, what's that been like? What are you doing? You know, what would you say to, to, to those individuals that, you know, that you're having to make these decisions and, and do these things? What, you know, what would you say if, yeah. well, you can, I was going to say if you could, but I, yeah. you can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and first of all, um, uh, it, it has been a, uh, incredibly difficult year for, all of our students, um, but especially our seniors, with, with losing some of the things that, that they've lost in, in uh, those typical senior year things, um, uh, you know, prom, um, graduation now. So it has been hard on them. Um, and uh, as parents of uh, a senior, I certainly can understand, uh, you know, seeing your child miss out on some of those huge, huge pieces of of uh, life, uh, that childhood, um, that is uh, a big thing, a big deal. Um, so uh, trying to um, take all of the input, trying to take the uh, direction uh, from Ohio Department of Education, from our governor, um, having some of those conversations with, with colleagues uh, about how things are being handled, um, uh, Clinton County, our health department has, uh, uh, put in a lot of, uh, uh, directives as far as what we can do and, and can't do. So, uh, trying to balance all of those things and, and uh, come out with, uh, uh, something that, that, uh, where we can still honor our seniors, uh, because that's deserved, you know, it's a big accomplishment. They've worked for, for, uh, many years to get to this point and, and uh, that high school graduation is, is something that uh, uh, you know is kind of that rite of passage and uh, um, this year is different um, so we are doing a virtual graduation um, we actually are starting tomorrow to record our students one at a time they're going to come in um, we're going to announce their name they're going to walk across the stage and receive their diploma and uh, we're going to uh, record our um, speeches from our student speakers and, and uh, uh, adults that, that would, would speak uh, at graduation. 
and we're going to uh, put all those together. And on the uh, official graduation day, uh, we're going to release that as a video. Um, will that be on your website, or how, how will people access probably that? Probably have that in um, different formats. I, I believe it's going to be um, put uh, uploaded to YouTube and then shared on Facebook. Uh, students will receive a copy of that, or the seniors will receive a copy of that as well. How are you going to uh, share it on Facebook? You don't have a Facebook page. I do have a Facebook page. <laughs> oh, wait a second. Look at you being like a detective. I know. I, like, this should have been your, you should have said something here. Yeah. Uh, no, the school's fa- Facebook page is where that will be shared. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, grandparents and relatives and, and anybody would lo- that would like to see that will have access to that. Um, but we want to celebrate our seniors and, and honor them the, the best that we can, uh, knowing that we do have constraints that, that uh, are preventing us from, from getting together uh, and having a, a gathering to celebrate those yeah. kids. Quincy? Well, as a parent of a senior, it is not just professional, but it's personal. And so I guess in the decision-making part, we've had a great team in place working on this for actually quite a while and had a plan put together, uh, received different guidelines, had to change the plan, had a little bit of a hiccup uh, in between there thinking maybe we could do something else. But, you know, in the end, we, like Eric said, we're, we're going to follow the guidelines that have been put forth. And, you know, one of the things that was tough to deal with for a while was community and parents saying, well, just do it. Just don't follow the guidelines. <laughs> and, you know, as a, as a public school district, you are a business. And um, it's just, you know, you, you can't risk your, your district by doing those things. And um, so in, I guess in looking at that, we just tried to make it the best we possibly could. You know, for for our seniors, when they graduate, one of the things they look forward to the most is walking down the marble staircase. And so when the team put a plan together, and that was a piece of that, that certainly helped. And so we actually recorded ours this past weekend, had a whole team of staff members there working to make sure it was the best personal experience for each student. Uh, I had the pleasure of standing at the door. They came in to greet them, which was a nice experience because I didn't get to see them come down the marble staircase um, personally. So, you know, I I guess my message to parents, too, is, is that, you know, we have to follow the rules. It's hard for us to, you know, we know it's hardest for our seniors, but as a staff, it's tough. And so I hope in the end, you know, the final product, I know the final product. I don't have to hope. I know it will be outstanding and um you know, we'll be excited to, to see it. I, I know, of course, Nate being on the podcast with us, we've gotten kind of the inside look at some of it. Um, oh, well, that's not fair. <laughs> not, no, 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 wait, wait, no, oh, okay. wait a second. Well, Nate will be full-time <laughs> podcast now because he just got fired. <laughs> Um, no, 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 no. I have not seen it. <laughs> I have seen, uh, or he has shared like some of the, um, how, like what has gone into it. Mm-hmm. 14 hours of recording yes. time. Well, maybe not recording the whole time, but like 14 hours of time. It was it pretty t- close. <laughs> I'd say it, it was probably pretty close to a full 14 And hours. that's not even including the editing mm-hmm. that will go into that. Um, the speeches being tied into that. I and mean, Eric, this goes for you guys too. I mean, this is not this is not something you guys are saying, hey, let's just throw this together so we can be done with this. Like Correct. this is something you're putting a lot of time and effort into because you're trying to make the best yeah. of a very difficult mm-hmm. situation. Yeah, the easiest thing to do would be to have a an, an in-person ceremony and do it as normal. Right. Mm-hmm. We're done an hour and, yeah. and you're done. Everybody knows what they're doing. Yep. You have a team that have done that every year. It's... Okay, you do this, do your jobs, go do it, boom, boom. Yeah. This has thrown a huge wrench into things. Absolutely. And I will say, Eric, I I hope for us, we had a lot of positive feedback this weekend, and that helped. You know, I think it just helped all the way around, Um, you know, because it's just we're all in this together, and we just have to do the best that we can. So... Everybody wants what's best for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's the common thread for from parents and, and administrators and, and teachers and the students themselves. Everybody wants what's best. So, a couple more questions. Um, there's been some budget cuts. 
what does that entail for you guys? How does that change things? Like what, what kind of challenges does that bring, you know, Mm -hmm. into, you know, this summer and the end of school this summer and then in going into next year, Quincy, you, it's your, you're up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, for those, I guess that aren't familiar, you know, we, we did receive word on one, the first round of budget cuts, which really only covers through June 30th of this fiscal year. And so basically for a school district, you know, with only two months to go in the fiscal year, you are just absorbing it. So there's obviously no planning in place. You didn't know it was coming. Uh, so fortunately for us, it, it, it wasn't as big of a hit as what we thought it would be. And so we though are already looking ahead to what it could be. So, you know, we were looking, you know, this time it was about 1.78% of our state foundation money, but we have to plan for a whole new fiscal year coming up. So, um, you know, we're already looking at, you know, where can we make cuts? What can we do differently? But I'll tell you a big factor in all of that is what the fall is going to look like at school. So I think as we receive more word on that, I think we'll have a better handle on how we can make those adjustments. For us, we don't have major projects like what Eric has going on, but we did have some projects in the works that we have put on hold at this point in time, just because, you know, we want to be fiscally responsible and, you know, we will continue planning for the future, but there are things that we need to wait on, you know, just to see how things pan out in the end. So, Well, let's bounce right into then, you know, I mean, they kind of coincide here. So I'm just going to, you know, going into next year, what does that look mm-hmm. like for, for, for Greenfield at this point? What, well, there what are, are many hearing? articles out there that will tell you what's going to happen. <laughs> um, but I, know, I, I will tell one. you <laughs> that uh, the Ohio Department of Education has put out nothing yet and they're working on it. And I get that. Like, I can respect that, uh, that um, we don't have that plan yet. As of right now, the end of May, they're looking at releasing what's called a discussion guide. So I think that's the start of the planning tool for districts. So I just, I guess I would encourage people to know that when they read things online, there is no definite yet. So, um, but we are looking at things, you know, we're, we're looking at devices, for example, you know, how many devices would we need to make it one-to-one for all students? how can we support our families with Wi-Fi? So we are already starting those conversations because we want to be able to help our families as best we can. So we are looking at things, you know, already knowing that it could look different in one way or another. And, and the acceleration of our ability to do virtual things now, I mean, over the last, few months has been, you know, I mean, exponential, you know, it's just changed so mm-hmm. much. And in some of the, you know, the app applications that have come out and the software that's come out. And so, I mean, e- despite whether that gets utilized to its full in the school system or not, like, you know, the ability to utilize some of that stuff has definitely changed and, and people are becoming acclimated to it in a way that they never were before. Because I mean, even here at the church, like, we didn't have to do half the things we're doing, but it's just has accelerated that process so much. And now this will never be a part of, not be a part of who we are, you know, as far as our imprint on Facebook and our live stream and the podcast and some of the things that have come from that. Well, I mean, just as an example, we're still holding meetings. We're doing professional development. You know, we had a district leadership team meeting yesterday via zoom, you know, everybody attended and, um, yeah, it's very different, but at the same time, you have to keep moving forward, so yeah. you have to find ways to make those adjustments work. I haven't wore pants for an elders meeting in a month. I mean, wow! You just, I you don't, don't. I don't know that we all needed to hear that. <laughs> oh wait, that was really are we random. live? Are we live? <laughs> <laughs> that was random. <laughs> that wasn't ready. Yeah, we for do that. the video call. I mean, you just you just throw a shirt on, you're good to go. Mm. <laughs> Now, Eric, your turn. Now, after that. Follow that, Eric. I lost my train. <laughs> Eric has pants on. Yes. yes, yes. In case you were wondering out there, wondering out there, we could delete any that last <laughs> minute and a half. There could just go. <laughs> now, I would, uh, you know, everything that uh, Quincy said uh, is accurate. Um, you know, the budget uh, cuts that, that we're looking at at this point. You know, in a school system, 
Uh, you know, typically about 80% of your budget is in personnel uh, and most of your personnel have already completed their work year. So yeah. we're, we're just paying them out for, for the rest of the summer for work they've already done. So we can't really cut that at this point. So we are uh, pretty much uh, absorbing uh, that uh, amount at this point for, for the cut uh, for this fiscal year uh, at East Clinton that, that's uh, uh, almost a quarter of a million dollars. Uh, so that's uh, certainly a big hit and, and something that we need to keep our eye on next year's budget to see what it does. Um, we don't know what it's going to be at this point. Um, certainly we as well have had some conversations about uh, um, you know, some of the possibilities of, of what we might have to look at. Um, basically, uh, uh, you know, at East Clinton and all of our districts around this area, um, pretty conservative places, you know, pretty conservative school boards. Um, I would say that, that I am a conservative uh, as far as uh, spending and those types of things as well. Um, so to say that there's a, a lot of excess in our districts right now, uh, you know, would not be accurate. Um, so to, to cut uh, even a quarter of a million dollars uh, for next year's budget would be pretty hard to do. Uh, and, uh, you know, is it going to be more than that? We, we don't know. There's that uncertainty out there at this point. So having those conversations, trying to be as best prepared for whatever may come um, down the road at us budget-wise. Um, and then, yeah, the start of next year, we don't know. Again, um, we've uh, kind of got the message to be prepared for anything. So um, those are the conversations that we're having. We want to uh, be prepared for uh, you know, this thing breaks and we're back to, to school as normal. Um, you know, I don't know what normal is at this point. You know, yeah. we, we've talked about the mental health needs that are going to be present as we come at, back into our buildings, uh, even more so than normal. Um, so even a normal start will not be a normal start. Um, but then also we're having conversations about if it's uh, a complete uh, remote learning situation. Uh, you know, we, we, as you said, kind of we're thrust into this situation, and um, you know, I commend our teachers. I, I commend all of our teachers in, in this area uh, for what they've done on extremely, you know, no notice. I was going to say short notice, but no notice. Um, you know, I've told my administrative team we, we came into this and, and had no notice and, and did a fantastic job in getting the things out that we got. Um, but if we come back into school next year and we're in the same spot, um, uh, it's kind of a different bar, you know, we, um, do have the notice. So how can we make it better? How can right. we make it the best that it can be? So we're having those discussions. Um, and then there's, uh, that, that in between ground where it could be, um, some of both, some, some, um, in attendance and, and some being remote as well. So what does that look like? Uh, at East Clinton connectivity for our students is a huge issue. How are we going to meet that need? Yeah. Um, so uh, all of those same discussions that, that Greenfield's having, we're having, and I'm sure every district is having at this point. The world is going to look a very different place post-COVID-19. Yeah. Yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah. We uh, are you know, trying to, to get some orders of some of the uh, protective equipment and, and sanitizing gear and those types of things. Um, you know, we had... Uh, uh, we're all wearing our face masks in the buildings, and, and we've got our shields at our reception desks to uh, you know help help provide some of that separation. And um, how, when do those go away? You know, we yeah. don't we don't know. So. Have you tried to find thermometers? It's hard. Yes, it is. Masks, <laughs> yeah, everything. We finally it's got an to... order in yesterday, and it yeah. took quite a while to get them. Yeah. Wow. So uh, yeah, everything that. We need to start up in person that, that they're saying we're going to, everybody needs it, yeah. you know, including still the hospitals and, and first responders. So schools probably aren't at the top of the priority list in, in getting those things. Right. Well, I, I want to say um, just on behalf of, of, of everyone here, just thank you guys mm -hmm. for all that you're doing. Um, you know, it, it, it is difficult to sit back when I have a student at a school or a senior at a school and realize that there's a person, 
you know, behind the decision <laughs> that, that, that you guys actually do have feelings. You're not robots sitting there <laughs> making decisions, no. um, that you care and that, you know, this, you know, breaks your heart as much as it does, you know, some of the other people, cause you know, these students, you know, who's mm-hmm. being affected, you know, what's going on, maybe more so than most, you know, you, it probably, you know, is a little more painful for you because you know, more than most, you know, in regard to all this. And so I do, I want to say thank you. And, and just, um, you know, we want, you know, as a church and in, in our community and in Highland County to be a blessing and support to, you know, the leaderships of different schools and, and what's going on. Um, and, and doing that, you know, we, we are praying for you all. We're praying for your schools. Um, and, uh, and, and in any other way we can be of help, we, you know, hopefully we can step in. I want to, I want to end talking about, um, Daniel, uh, the book of Daniel, and and then specifically um, Daniel, you know the the main character here. Um, Daniel, uh, this whole uh, book starts with um, uh, Babylon coming in and taking the brightest and the best of uh, Israel's young men and young women um, and hauling them off. Uh, back to their home country. I mean, this is how they did the captivity. They they came in, they defeated a place, and and um, and they shipped off. They took their 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 best, their brightest, their greatest, and and brought them back to the homeland, and then incorporated them into their uh, into their empire. And it was very successful. Um, but here's a young man, probably in his teens. Um, he's a eunuch, and so we know what that means. Um, they've taken his home, they've taken his family, they've taken his identity as you know not only a person but as a man, um, and and subjected him into uh, this position uh, of slavery, but slavery with perks. He he had you know he was able to eat better than most because he he ate with the um, the leadership in this um, in this empire. Um, but they expected certain things. They changed his name. The name that they gave Daniel was Belshazzar. And, and actually, this Bel was a, a, a god in that um, place. And, and so you take you know, this young man who has followed the one true God his whole life. You give him the name of a pagan god. And, and really, they're just trying to rip him apart, trying to tear him down to the core of who he is and, and turn him into what they want him to be, only with all the gifts that he has. And a few chapters later in the book, um, you come to this place where uh, the the king, Nebuchadnezzar, decides that he wants all the people in this nation, all the people um, that, that work for him and, and, and that, are, that are here coming from different countries, not just Israel, but other places, that when they hear this sound of, of these horns, they're to bow to the god of Babylon. And uh, you have these characters, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which are very close friends with Daniel, who um, come up to this, or, or are faced with this situation where they're to bow when this, um, when this horn is sounded to this god who they don't believe in, their identities being stripped from them, and you, you ask your, yourself this question, what would you do? <laughs> you know, what would you do in a situation like that where everything that you value, everything that you hope in is being stripped away? And we think we've got it bad. <laughs> we think we've got it bad. And it is difficult. We're, we're living in unprecedented times as it's being described. There are difficult things, and I don't mean to underplay that, but, but it isn't that bad. It isn't as bad as this. Um, and... The king finds out that that these young men decided that they weren't going to bow when everybody else does, and so he he brings them before him and says, "Hey, listen, what are you doing? Like, I'm going to give you one more chance. Like, do this or else." And this is what they said, and I, and this to me is so inspiring. They said, um, "To answer you in this matter, if this be so, that is, if you kill us, if you take our lives." Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But listen to this. But even if not, 
Be it known to you, O king, we will not serve your gods or worship them. And I think from a leadership's perspective, this is so inspiring because there are so many times where I know that the thing that I have to do is not going to be popular. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to, you know, I'm not going to win any popularity contests in it. Um, but by following through and doing that thing, I know that I'm doing the right thing. And with these young men, their trust in God was so um, was was so solid, was so real, was so um, you know focused that that they could say, "Hey, listen, God can do this thing. I serve a God who could do this thing. But even if He decides not to, I will not because the God I serve, I know, I trust Him, and, and I'm going to stick with Him. And I, and I think, you know, I. That is the God we serve. And if if this time, if this if this pandemic, if if what you're going through right now seems insurmountable, I, I just want to encourage you. We have a God who's bigger than this. We have a God who will come through. And it may not be the way that we think or the way that we want, but but let us be people who say, even if you don't come through the way that I think you should, God, I will still honor and serve you because I know who's really in control. Let, let me um, end with just prayer for, uh, uh, for Quincy, for, for Eric, and, uh, and just you guys moving forward you know, with this time and, and, and some of the decisions still to be made and some of the things to still be rolled out from this. So uh, let's close in prayer. Father God, I, um, I thank you um, uh, for these individuals, God, for the positions that you put them in. Uh, for the blessings that they are to uh, to their communities, God, I just pray that you give them wisdom, that you give them confidence and courage, Lord, that you surround them with individuals that that will uh, support them, uh, that will guide them and help them, um, Lord, and that you will just uh, be with them every step of the way. We thank you uh, how you've already uh, just been so faithful to us in all that we do, God. Uh, and we just pray that as a community we'll continue to seek you, um, in these uncertain times uh, in our lives. We love you. We thank you for your son, Jesus, uh, that he died on the cross to save us. And it's his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Again, Quincy, Eric, thank you. Uh, truly appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. Cody? Yeah. <laughs> Signing off. I don't have a buy in that language. You've failed me. See you. You have that's English. Yeah. I'm just you saying. had one job, Cody. <laughs> one job. <laughs> I got other stuff in my mind right now. <laughs> All right. Signing off.